right, welcome back. Appropriate music to bring in our next guest. One of the best college football writers there is. Fox Sports, Sports Illustrated, and his book, The QB, is out in paperback now. It's an unbelievable book. You need to get a hold of it. Uh, He's done a great job. And uh, always great to have him on the show. Bruce Feldman joins us. Bruce, how are you today? I'm doing well. Good to be on with you, Pat. Yeah, it's um, I, one thing that that you you were tweeting about this week was uh, this whole McIlwain to Michigan thing. Which there's some things I know about McIlwain that really surprised me that that Michigan would be in the mix. But it also tells me that in the end, it's who pays who signs your check. You don't really have deep seated feelings about any school. Well, I mean, look, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's a job just like anything else is uh, I think you're going to go try to go find the best opportunity for, you know, your career usually. It's not to say it's 100% that way, but I think typically guys are going to look at what's the best situation I can enter in, and especially as it relates to, you know, the direction of, of you know, a coach's career. Uh, in this case, you know, we'll see what, what, a, what the job is, because it could be um, you know, working with receivers, but it could also grow into something, you know, with a more involved role um, in game planning and helping with run the offense. So, um, from what I've heard, this is a kind of a, it, it's not straight up, hey, you're just going to be the receivers coach. I think that could be part right. of the job, but I think there could be, it could be more involved in that down the road. I always love it when they give these guys these titles. Like he's a running games coach, and he's the the running off left tackle coach. So uh, just to give him a, a coordinator's title. Um, but the thing about about that, that makes his story kind of delicious, I think, for people down here, is that Florida's offense against Michigan was so bad that, that you know it scored one touchdown in the bowl game and no offensive touchdowns in the game uh, to start last season. And but I, at the same time. You know, Florida had other problems besides their head coach. Yeah, and I think that's uh, you know also the one thing that's been really good for Michigan, especially uh, since Don Brown has been there. They've been really good on defense. A lot of people have had problems against them, but um, you know, look, it's it, as I was like writing this story the other, or I guess it was Saturday afternoon. Um, you're just kind of looking at going. Jim McElroy wasn't even there three full seasons, and two of the years ended with with the Gators winning the SEC East title. It's just a very, you know, as you well know, as you know better than, than me, it's just a, it's, this has been a very curious couple of years in in a proud, especially in the last, you know, three decades, Florida football history, to say, okay, guy, if you finish the year there, they won the SEC East. But obviously the SEC East is not what it used to be. At least it wasn't in the last five or six years, and maybe Georgia will change that, but you have a, you have a division that's been pretty much in flux. Yeah, it is kind of unusual that you have um, the the East champ is is a team that I mean they're obviously very good, but the rest of the league, the rest of the division, still I think they won four games this year against the West, and it was five the year before. I think the year before that was two. Um, it doesn't feel like they've caught up, except for one team. Do you feel like this is a, a runaway train in Georgia, and that they're going to just continue to be there and because of the recruiting class they had, or, or are we going to see another cycle come where Florida and Tennessee get better or, or somebody else? 
Yeah, I think that's a great question is to, you know, can somebody derail Georgia? Because they have a ton of momentum. They came real close to winning the national title. They put together an amazing recruiting class, and they got a lot of momentum. So we'll see. I I think they're going to take a slight step back in 2018 on the field, and that could be, you know, going 10-3 and and finishing number 11 instead of in the top four just because I think they'll take some roster hits of, but I think he's going, Kirby Smart and his staff are going to build a roster even deeper than it was this past year. You know, in the middle of this, you got your other former coach, uh, Will Muschamp, had a pretty nice year quietly. You know, they win nine games. I think they should still be pretty good. I feel like they, you know, have the benefit of Tennessee just struggling so much in the last decade, Florida having, which I think is an aberration that they were a four win team. I mean, I don't think that Florida is ready to jump back and go go be a top ten team, but I think that you know they should. Their roster is a lot better than four wins. And then you look at Kentucky and Missouri. I think benefit of that they have won seven games each, and 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 we'll see if they you know they they're able to sustain that, or if these other schools, namely the two traditional powers, in addition to Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida, how how much better can they get fast? Because I don't look at either one and think they're a top 10 team, but they still have enough players there where they should be, you know, getting close to eight wins, especially when you're in a division where really only Georgia has a talent gap over the rest of the teams in the league. Yeah, you know, and I wrote about this for tomorrow a little bit um, in my my back nine that that the thing about Florida is it it's not going to happen overnight, that teams go through bad cycles. I mean, shoot. Before Saban walked in the door, I think uh, I think um, Alabama had three losing seasons in seven years. I mean that that's that's not exactly Alabama football. Uh, Georgia obviously had had its struggles before um, before this past year. So, but it, it it doesn't happen overnight. And the other thing I wrote about on signing day, Bruce, was that um, the Florida brand is damaged right now. And I think Dan Mullen did a heck of a job to get the class he got as damaged as that is, because you're not only talking about two four-win seasons in the last five years, you're talking about the credit card fraud thing. You know, there's just been a lot of issues here, and they've got to kind of get that thing all shiny and, and bright again. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a very interesting situation right now, the whole state of Florida college football, because you obviously had UCF had a great year, and then Scott Frost moves on. Yet Florida State, which had had such a run, and then, you know, it just kind of, bottomed out this year under Jimbo and and then he leaves so where you know where are the the Seminoles is that a Mm one-year hiccup or are they ready to to jump back I think Florida State is probably built more ready to compete to get back in the top 10 than I think UF is Uh, Miami surged and but I don't know you know is Miami have the firepower on offense to to do more than just win, a, uh, you know, a mediocre division that they're in, or do they have a chance to be a legit playoff contender? Uh, we obviously saw the the FAU and FIU combination have some success and look like they're should be relevant, about as relevant as those programs have ever been. So, you know, it's an interesting dynamic where it used to be the big three, and it's still you know the big three, but I think that there's been some resets going on because you have so much staff uncertainty that you've had in the past few years. And, and like you said, there's been some off field stuff tied to, 
tied to a bunch of these schools too. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me. I, I don't know how much attention you paid to the uh, reveal the other day on Sunday. Actually, it was yesterday uh, for basketball. And football kind of gave them that idea, and it's been very successful for football. Um, but basketball, for some reason, is only doing it once, and then that's it. And do you have an explanation for that or why they don't think they need to – they can do it you know, each week and have some fun with it and – and get people to pay attention, or is it just because the tournament's a tournament? I think it's because the tournament's a tournament, and you just have to get in it to have a shot. And I think, you know, whereas it matters if you're number five versus number yeah. four. I mean, it, it really matters. Whereas in college basketball, it just doesn't. Also, college basketball doesn't have the same level of, of passion that it inspires the way college football does. And for a lot of people, they just pick up the, the sport of college basketball as it gets closer to March. It's not to say they don't have a lot of diehard fans, but it's just not at the same level. And I think all those things go into it. I paid a little bit of attention to it yesterday, but um, just like with, with it is with the, uh, the Tuesday night show with ESPN, it just doesn't matter that much, but it really doesn't matter as much with, as it does with college hoops. You know, I think it really doesn't matter is when somebody puts out, although I hate to say I retweeted it, what the SEC basketball tournament would look like if the season ended right now. <laughs> because it really, it, it's not going to end right now. So it doesn't, it doesn't really do you any good. Uh, last thing for you, Bruce, before we let you go. Um, is there a team outside of the, the blue blood powers, and I'm, we're talking Clemson, Alabama, obviously, teams like that, Georgia now that you think can make a run next year and, and make things interesting and have a shot at getting in to the um, the Final Four when it's all said and done? I mean, I don't, I don't know. There, I, it's hard to imagine a team coming out of nowhere, but like at Washington a couple of years ago, that was kind of a team that came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I think, they, I think they'll be even better in 2018 than they were a couple of years ago. I think they are a legit team that can go into the playoff and win the game or maybe win it all. I think Wisconsin, it's hard to say that they've come out of nowhere just because they've been in the top ten before quite a bit of late. I think Wisconsin should be really good. I think they'll have the nation's top offensive line returning and have a terrific running back, a quarterback who has some talent. I know he's streaky, um, but they've done a really good job on, you know, on defense, and I think that that's a tough you know, the conference they're in, now the division they're in is not great, but right. the conference they're in, there could be five teams from the Big Ten in the top 12, top 15, and that, you know, again, their non-conference schedule is not great, but if they can get most from that and be as good as I think they will be, I think, you know, Wisconsin Washington are two teams I would keep an eye on that are not what we've come to expect to see in the playoffs. I'll give you, I'll give you a quick trivia thing here. Alex Hornerbrook's uncle, was the quarterback when Florida pulled the Florida flop in 1971 in the Orange Bowl? Really? Yeah, that was his uncle, John Hornerbrook. So there's there you know, run with that. There's there's a story. For I don't know what I do with that. Hey, it's always great talking to you, Bruce. Thanks a lot for your time. We'll talk to you down the road, buddy. My pleasure. All Thanks right. a lot, Pat. Bruce Feldman, one of the best there is in college football. Writes. Uh, for Fox Sports and Sports Illustrated. we got to get a break. We'll come back. Seth Emerson's going to join us. We're going to talk to him about the future of Mark Fox at Georgia. Lost one coach today. Are we about to lose another one? You're listening to The Tailgate. You're listening to it on WRUF.